You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, football fans, to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with your Tuesday host, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Luke, what are you most excited about seeing from your Minnesota Vikings this season? They're a real team again, Ross. Oh, they really are. Yeah, they they were one in five like a month ago, and now suddenly they're on all the in the hunt graphics. Yeah, well, you know, as soon as they start to fall apart again, you got Pepsi because Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching on today's episode of Locked on NFL. Is Carson Wentz bad or are the Eagles just bad for him? We're recapping the Eagles win on Monday Night Football in the game that just kind of made everyone mad. Then from San Francisco to Denver to Baltimore, the NFL's Week 12 is a wild one because it's not even over yet even though we're through the monday night football game we'll update on postponements relocations and more from this week and then finally we'll wrap up with our tuesday fantasy forum joined by marcus mosher who's going to tell us which wide receiver and running back are the best to own for the rest of the season and no luke it's not dalvin cook Marcus is going to give you. us a couple of waiver wire pickups as well, well not have as, the, <laughs> as the playoffs near. Once again, I'm Raj Jackson at Raj Jackson, NOLA on Twitter. Join us always on Tuesdays by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. And this is Locked On NFL. All right, let's start out with this 23 to 17 game that while it was a one score win, it wasn't nearly that close. I mean, this was a in spirit, an absolute drubbing. There was one team playing football and there was the Eagles doing something else. They were kind of playing hockey a little bit. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Much like the Broncos entering a game without a quarterback. Yes. Except this team had absolutely no excuse. The Philadelphia Eagles, they went three and out for the five opening possessions. They had gotten Jalen hurts ready for this game. They said, we're going to play him. He's going to share some snaps. You're going to see him. And then he goes out for a random second down completes the first pass to Alshon Jeffrey all season. And they take him off the field immediately. It made absolutely no sense. Uh, much like uh, people's sort of, I'm just going to say it, man, much like people's loyalty to Carson Wentz. It doesn't make sense to me. Listen, I, I get it. He was a second overall pick. He was really hyped coming out, coming out of NDSU. And really the, the biggest knock against him was that he came from a smaller school, NDSU, not a big, not a big program. Right. Right. Um, so that, And and so people said, well, yeah, but he's good at football. So the small school thing, like just you watch, just you watch. And then he has his 2017 season. He's like an MVP candidate before he gets hurt and all that. So I get that people are like really into it. But when he came out, he was very much hyper athlete, but raw. And, you know, the small school thing and the rawness and you've got to learn to make decisions. You have to learn to kind of uh, play the NFL version of the game, not the North Dakota State version of the game. And he just, he hasn't done that. He's making poor decisions. Uh, Ben Solak, who's part of locked on draft podcast also covers the Eagles has done a a couple of really, really great breakdowns. I'll I'll leave one in the show notes uh, about the problems with 
Carson Wentz. He breaks it down way better than, than I ever could, but it's, it's just, it, it seems like an insurmountable problem. These are the, the kind of things that Brett Coleman also, uh, who does mm-hmm. YouTube videos also just posted a great breakdown of what's wrong with Carson Wentz. And a lot of these things are the kind of things that if they were going to be fixed, we would have seen it by now. And that's the bleakest part of it. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like you can point at the receivers, you can point at the offensive line, but even when he does have opportunities, he doesn't make good on it. I'll point, I'll point our listeners to, to another place too. Of course, locked on Eagles with uh, Louis and Gino who talk about course, this consistently, yeah. all the weapons around him, the coaching Doug Peterson. There are a lot of question marks around Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz himself is a question mark. He's the only quarterback this season to start each game of the season and have a sub 100 passer rating in each of oh. them with Carson with, with uh, Zach Wentz. I'm sorry, with Zach Ertz out this game. Zach Wentz. Yes. Well, basically <laughs> Carson Wentz was the second best tight end on the field, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, you know, like it's, it's, there's a lot of struggles here, you know, he's one, one interception or more, at least an interception in nine of the last 11 games this season. Like it's just not been a good showing for Carson Wentz. And, Look, I can sit here and I can, you know, try to make excuses for him and everything like that. But the fact of the matter is that when you look at one product on one side of the field, you see Russell Wilson go off at, well, not necessarily go off, but have a moderate game, but you have a guy like DK Metcalf that he's throwing to. Sure, for Philadelphia fans, I understand why you would look at it and say, well, if you gave Carson Wentz a DK Metcalf, but you know what? He doesn't have a DK Metcalf. So he has what, had a DK Metcalf. Right. He's had yeah. Alshon Jeffrey and stuff. Like, Yes, exactly, exactly. But the thing is, is that like you have to make do with what you got. You know what I mean? And the guy can't do that. The guy simply can't do that. There has to be a point yeah. where you have to look at a quarterback and say, are you elevating the team or are you not? And to me, Carson Wentz doesn't. I, yeah, I think he's holding the entire team. I don't think it matters if if Jalen Ragor runs a good route when Carson Wentz misdiagnoses the play and takes a, a sack. He had six sacks in this six game. Six sacks. And, yeah. like, and has been sacked I, 46 on the season. And like a lot of people have pointed out, a lot of those are his fault. This isn't mm-hmm. like, I mean, they've had a banged up offensive line, but a lot of these are on the quarterback. And if you look at Seattle, Seattle had their first normal primetime game in like 19 years (laughs) where Russell Wilson played a normal game, targeted DK Metcalf deep a lot. DK Metcalf and Darius Slay, the broadcast was all over it um, and and did a great job covering it. But uh, Darius Slay, who I've never seen this happen to Darius Slay before. And, you know, I cover an NFC North team. We've plenty familiar with Darius Slay. He's one of my favorite corners in the league and watching him just get absolutely drummed by DK Metcalf. DK playing like a top three receiver receiver in this league. And I think Seahawks fans can't possibly get too excited about what they have in DK Metcalf, the hyper athlete that he is. And the fact that he's a route runner too, he's going to be really good for a really, really long time. Yeah, no, that's, and they're right there right now. Um, you know, near the top of the NFC in terms of playoff seating and, you know, look, the, the saints right now are number one, obviously the team that I cover over at locked on saints, but mm-hmm. they're going to have to do a lot in order to keep their pace going and ward mm-hmm. off teams like the Seattle Seahawks and the green Bay Packers who are hot on their heels. Yeah. And in, in Philadelphia, here's the thing. Where do you go from here? Because mm-hmm. Philadelphia is mega locked into Carson Wentz and they just drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Right. So what do you do with that? Like you can't just cut or trade Carson Wentz next season. It would right. give you a $59 million dead cap hit for a net Yikes. cap savings of negative $24 million. So it would cost oh you $24 million more than what you're already paying Carson Wentz to get rid of him in 2021. And the same thing goes for Lane Johnson, uh, almost uh, as much of a, it's a 40 or $39 million 
uh, dead cap hit for 21 million net loss. Oh. Brandon Brooks, 8 million net loss. Jason Kelsey is a net loss. Darius Slay, 6 million net loss. I mean, these are all dead cap hits of, you know, 20, 10 million dollars. Their contract situations are abysmal. Oh, and howie. to actually get under the cap, which is they're they're projected to be $65 million over the cap. Now that's a $175 million salary cap. We don't know exactly where that's going to end up. Right. But it's bleak in Philadelphia. Yeah. And even if you do get rid of Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson, who, what GM wants to take over this situation? This right. is a nightmare. And yeah. I don't know how Philadelphia gets out from under this without torpedoing future years or absolutely torpedoing 2021 and just saying, well, hope we get the number one draft pick. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the route. Uh, I, you know, that, I don't think any team wants to lose any team wants to lose out, but yeah, I think that this, this cap, situation next season is obviously something completely unprecedented that no one could have planned for. The expectation was that the 17 game season was going to start and therefore the salary cap was going to take this huge leap and it was going to swell. And unfortunately it's just not going to be the case that in this year it's going to cause some teams, including the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints as well as potential problems moving ahead into 2021. Yeah. And I guess we all hope that 2021 is a little bit more of a normal year because this has been uh, a different one. (laughs) And Hey, Hey, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism, maybe commitment, overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, we have all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And this football season is different. And Pepsi is here to get y'all ready for game day, no matter how you've been watching. Ross, you asked me, what are you excited about this season? Uh, I'm excited to see uh, what the Saints can learn about Taysom Hill ahead of uh, next season, where I believe Drew Brees will not be back. What are they going to do at quarterback coming up? They're already paying this guy $20 million over the two seasons that they uh, contracted him. So I'm excited to see what else they can learn about him over these next couple of games while Drew Brees is out. Not to mention that hot, hot number one seed y'all are sitting in. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) But whatever your team is doing... (laughs) Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, everybody. It is locked on NFL. You got myself, Ross Jackson and Luke Braun here on our Tuesday episode. Don't forget to come back tomorrow. Wednesday's locked on NFL featuring Tony and James, who are going to also be welcoming in one of our locked on NFL draft experts. Talk a little bit about the draft. Maybe you're an Eagles fan and you want to know a little bit about what your options are. If you do want to replace Carson Wentz as soon as next season, because Hey, let's get crazy. Check out locked on NFL tomorrow. They'll be talking about that and previewing what is going to be Luke, a 340 P. Eastern Time Wednesday game, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, potentially, (laughs) (laughs) potentially, because this week has been absolutely wild. I got a front row seat to watching the Denver Broncos play a game without a quarterback. Uh, We are Mm -hmm. watching now the San Francisco. Yep, we are now watching the San Francisco 49ers have to play in a new location, and we saw. We're going to see a three-game doubleheader. We're going to have a very busy week next week for next Tuesday because we're going to have to cover three games that take place on Monday next week. It's absolutely insane. So let's talk a little bit about all the shuffling that's going on across the NFL right now. Let's start off with this game on Sunday and the Denver Broncos haven't played without a quarterback. Hearing a lot of talk about, you know, should this game have been played? Should it not? What's your opinion on this situation? 
Okay, yeah. So I have takes here with what happened with the Ravens. Um, and I've seen a lot of Broncos fans uh, and even Cody Roark at Locked on Broncos has talked a lot about this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about how maybe it's unfair that the Broncos were like forced to play their game without a quarterback, clearly unequipped to go in that game. They only score three points. Very clear that the, the COVID problems totally torpedoed them in this game. And yet mm-hmm. the, the NFL is bending over backwards to accommodate the Ravens and make it so they don't have to play. And now even uh, the first two, the kind of patient zeros for all this, uh, Mark Ingram and, uh, and oh, J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins mm-hmm. now coming off of COVID-19 IR for the for the Ravens. So now suddenly guys are coming back and everybody it's it's like the NFL is waiting to make them play the game before they come back. And so the Broncos fans are saying, hey, this is really unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the way I feel about this, I think it's a misunderstanding of what the NFL is trying to do here, because with all of these games, with the Ravens, with pushing back now their their Monday or their uh, both the Ravens and Steelers pushing back their Monday games or their Sunday games to Monday, mm-hmm. uh, what they did with the Patriots earlier in the season, what they did with the Titans earlier in the season and the Bills moved to a Tuesday and stuff. It's all very inconvenient and confusing, but what they're doing is they're trying to prevent transmission of COVID-19. They don't, the NFL has absolutely no interest in coddling a team because they're too unequipped to play the game. They, you could lose They wouldn't do it for injuries, right? Let's say you had some freak injury occurrence where you were down to your fourth quarterback and that's happened to some teams. Sometimes the NFL is not going to pause the game for you. Right. And I think the same thing applies to illness, but when you are a danger to your opponent, if the Ravens were forced to play that game on Thanksgiving, and they had positive tests come in on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. They had COVID positive players that they didn't know were COVID positive yet that would have played in right. that game. Yes. And so if they had had to play that game on Thanksgiving, the Steelers would have been put in an incredibly dangerous position. And I know Steelers fans um, have been upset about this as well. Like Chris Carter, who you'll hear from later in the week. Uh, he's been really upset about the NFL seemingly like screwing over the Steelers. And I kind of feel for them, even Steelers players, I kind of feel for them because mm-hmm. they they didn't really get a bye week. They practiced all week on what ended up being their bye. They end right. up practicing for a short week and then not getting the game and stuff. So they put in a lot of work to no avail as well. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like you'd rather have that than be exposed to COVID-19, especially as an athlete. It's a respiratory infection, right? Like, that could be something that, that derails someone's career and it even happened to a couple college kids. Like, so yeah. I, I, I think that's, I don't know, for me, that's worth it to not be exposed to COVID-19 and the NFL is doing what they can, but make no mistake. This is not about oh, you too bad, Ravens, you don't have enough players, we'll pause till you have enough players. No, this is, we're going to pause until we're sure you're not going to infect the Steelers. And there's yeah. a huge difference between those two things. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, there's, a, and, and the other thing is, like, you could just talk about the sheer numbers of this to where the Broncos had one player test positive and then four players or three other players that all happen to be on the same position, which makes sense because they're all in the same group, they're all in the same room. Those guys not wearing masks, being in close contact with one another, they become right. high risk, close contact players. Same thing happened to the Saints. They had um, they had Teron Armstead who tested positive, and then a player, Derek Kelly, was also deemed a high risk, close contact with him. Neither of them were available to play in that game as well. But you look at one positive test for the Denver Broncos, you look at upwards of 23, 20 something players for the Baltimore Ravens and right. some as recent as this morning, like Monday morning, still testing positive uh, or at least Sunday. Like you have to, you have, you do have to keep pushing it back for the health concern, but not the competitive concern. And I get that like putting out a player out there who has never taken a snap at, at quarterback can be dangerous, but there's a gamesmanship that allows you to control that as opposed to the spread of a, an infectious disease. You can't control that in any right. way. The, the Broncos had the option of only having him throw nine passes. 
Right. It's an unfortunate situation. And I feel for the Broncos who had, uh, you know, really unfortunate timing there. I, I feel for, and it turned out that none of the exposed players tested positive, so they could have played and it would have been fine. And I, I feel that that's very unfortunate, but you have to understand that the, the NFL is putting player safety first and, and rightly so. So we have the Ravens and Steelers game that gets moved to Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Then the Steelers game that was supposed to be played on Sunday gets moved to Monday. Uh, the Steelers and Washington game will move there. And then the Ravens game will actually move Ravens and Cowboys to next Tuesday. So it's going to be a, that'll make it a Monday doubleheader as I understand it. And then another Tuesday game next And week. then a Tuesday night game. Mm-hmm. And even that is still kind of up in the air right. because if we see, if we wake up on Tuesday morning and you listening to this might actually know uh, if we wake up Tuesday morning and there's more positives for the Ravens, then we're talking about postponing it through next week. We're talking about maybe a week 18, which the league has discussed. Uh, you know, we're talking about maybe canceling the game and doing the eighth seed in the playoffs thing. Then yeah. all kinds of other stuff happens. So it, we, we hope that that doesn't happen. I hope they can just play this game on Wednesday. Next week gets a little weird and we put it all behind us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it will be a very, very busy week moving ahead into week 13. Of course, of all weeks, of course, it'd be week 13. That sees all these weird shuffles going into going into (laughs) next week. Um, The the last piece of news that we should quickly discuss just about all this stuff being changed around is that the San Francisco 49ers are going to have to relocate. They're actually going to be moving their games to the Arizona Cardinal Stadium to play uh, to play in in Arizona. And this is something that We've seen before with the Minnesota Vikings, actually, with having to leave their spot and then play in a division rivals stadium. Yes. So when I was tweeting about this, when this happened, one of my listeners kindly reminded me that in 2010, the Metrodome collapsed. The Vikings stadium had that big snow collapse you might have seen. And they actually had to play a game in Ford Field, what would have been one of their home games. They lost it 21 to three. They were terrible that year. Um, But yeah, so they they ended up actually playing at Ford Field and Detroit loaned them out their stadium. So there is some precedent to this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that for the 49ers who are in much more of like a playoff hunt, those Vikings were awful. They, they, so it was just about sure. like, whatever, let's just limp through the season, hope we get 16. Uh, but for the 49ers, that could be a really, really high leverage thing going on where they're playing in a rival city. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I imagine that the New Orleans Saints, if they had to play in a division rival stadium, like let's say the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Atlanta Falcons, they'd probably rather play in a junkyard because it's kind of the same thing anyway. But, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things where it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how, how this all goes. Uh, but it's it's all you know, a lot of random and sort of interesting storylines going on here all throughout the uh, all throughout these couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and I think outside of the alternative of just not playing or pause button or doing crazy bubble stuff, like what the NBA did, which I still think is logistically really tough to figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the NFL, I, I like the way the NFL has handled this. They've handled this the best they can outside of maybe they shouldn't be playing at all, but if they are going right. to play, I think the ideas that they've come up with and the way that they've rescheduled things where it's like, whatever, we're still playing all the games. We're playing a Monday game on a Tuesday. Like that is such a small change. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, in the face of really, really unprecedented stuff, there is no handbook on this. Yeah. And if you also want to excel in whatever it is that you do, why don't you try BuiltGo? We all have walls we're trying to break through, whether it's a mental or a physical one. And BuiltGo, which is the best workout gel on the market, can help you break through that wall. Comes in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put them in your briefcase, in your golf bag or whatever, so that you can have that extra boost of energy whenever you need it. And it's natural energy. It's not like a five hour energy where you get this crash or like a cup of coffee where you get all jittery. The energy comes from vitamins B6 and B12, 10,000% 
of your daily intake of those vitamins, as well as beta alanine, B3 honey, a little kick of caffeine, but you don't get that same crash. And it's also loaded with collagen protein, which is a fast absorbing protein that gets into your system fast and it's easy on the stomach and it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. So if you want to try it for, oh, and it comes in uh, some wonderful flavors, chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, peanut butter, honey. So if you want to try that stuff for yourself, go to Bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED. You get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. All right, y'all, it is locked on NFL. Before we continue on with today's episode, I want to tell you about the Peacock and Williamson show here on Locked On. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host the Peacock and Williamson podcast every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you a bit of a national perspective all around the NFL, just like we do, but compact every Monday through Friday, just the two of those guys covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But wrapping up today's episode, we are joined as always by a fantasy expert for our Tuesday Fantasy Forum here on the Tuesday Locked on NFL podcast. Big, big, big excited to bring in our good friend Marcus Mosier at Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. You can can see him over on uh, the Locked on Cowboys every day, and you can check him out as a part of the team of experts over at Locked on Dynasty Football. Marcus, we appreciate you coming through, chatting with Luke and I, as we often do on these Tuesdays. I'm going to jump right into our top question because we just kind of want like the no like little like oh maybe this guy maybe that guy just like right into go ahead and just rip the band-aid off for us here who is the best wide receiver to have the rest of the way through for fantasy football well i think it's the guy that just put up 269 yards uh (laughs) on sunday right i mean how can you choose anybody else uh but tyree kill i mean listen the the thing with tyree kill that kind of gets uh, not talked about enough, but we know the upside, right? We know that at any point in time, he can go 75 yards to the house, but it's really the safety of that position, right? Because Tyreek Hill is attached to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the floor is there every single week. You know, if he gets five or six targets, the quality of those targets are going to be better than any other quality of targets in the entire mm-hmm. NFL because they're coming from Patrick Mahomes. We know the touchdown upside. We know it only takes him what a play or two to become a, a wide receiver two in fantasy because he can create those long plays. Uh, I, I just feel the best about Tyreek Hill going forward, and I think he's going to win a lot of people uh, some fantasy championships this year. Yeah, I mean the guy put up what two over two hundred yards receiving in the first quarter of his game. I mean, and it wasn't even all that surprising. It's like, oh right. yeah, Tyreek Hill can do that. <laughs> And we're not like worried at all about how many mouths there are to feed in Kansas City. I mean, obviously not everybody in Kansas City's gotten plenty all year, but in terms of like declaring him the best, you're not worried about maybe there being a game where this is the Kelsey game or this is the the Mecole Hardman game or if they have a lot of run game or anything like that. That that we're in spite of all of that, we're still like that high on Tyreek Hill. Absolutely, because anytime he plays, he's almost a lock to get 100 yards and he, he, score a touchdown in his last 39 career starts. Uh, he's over 3,300 yards. He's over 3,600 total yards. Uh, you're looking at somebody who scored 34 touchdowns in those 39 games. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs know how to get their playmakers the ball. They they can get Tyreek Hill. They can get Travis Kelsey and one other guy enough touches. I'm not worried about it at all. I just think 
the combination of floor because of Patrick Mahomes, of Patrick Mahomes and the ceiling because of Patrick Mahomes <laughs> makes Tyreek Hill the number one wide receiver the rest of the way. Okay, what about uh, at the running back position then? I, I want you to plant your flag. Who's the number one running back to have? No ambiguity. Yeah, so this is a little trickier because there's a lot of good options, right? Dalvin Cook. We'll see if Christian McCaffrey gets back. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. Uh, <laughs> I heard that, Luke. Uh, <laughs> but we know who it is, right? It's Derrick Henry. Uh, th- yeah. This is the time of year where Derrick Henry starts to heat up. In his NFL career, in 17 games in December, he averages 5.38 yards per carry, almost 90 rushing yards a game, 18 rushing touchdowns in 17 December games. This is when he gets hot. Uh, I I think with their schedule coming up, they've got some pretty easy games against uh, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay in the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, I think he's the guy that you want and over all the other running backs. I know it was, it was a struggle early on, uh, but just an absolute monster. One more stat before I, before we uh, go to the next segment. Last 17 starts for Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry 2,300 total yards and 22 Jeez. touchdowns. This guy's That's... a monster, and that doesn't even count what he does in the playoffs. Uh, he You feel the best about him in the lineup every week because of what he can do volume-wise, what he can do in the red zone. Uh, and the long plays and the, you know, the explosive runs that he can bring. That's incredible at production. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I have to ask, I have to ask just, you know, obviously I cover the saints, so I have to bring him up. Alvin Kamara is a running back right now. Not as much of a, a viable guy right now, as long as Taysom Hill is the quarterback, I imagine. It's tricky because Alvin Kamara still has more fantasy points on the year than Derrick Henry. It's just the last couple of weeks, you know, without Drew Brees, you know, 45 rushing yards against Atlanta, 54 mm-hmm. against Denver. And that's fine, but it's really the the passing work that's gone down, right? No receptions in the game against Atlanta. One catch for negative two yards against uh, Denver. It, it's going to be tough sledding. You can't take him out of your lineups because he is Alvin Kamara. And at any point in time, he can have some big plays. But he's probably not the RB1 or even the RB2 or 3 going forward. Yeah, that makes it makes sense, especially with uh, with Taysom Hill in there. All right, let's ask real quick too, just as we we wrap up with you here, Marcus. Uh, a couple of waiver wire targets as we inch closer and closer to uh, some playoff implication games for fantasy owners at this point. Yeah, it's going to be a little trickier this next couple of weeks with you know, uh, there's just not a lot of guys on the waiver wire, especially at the running back and wide receiver positions. But I do have one from each. Colin Johnson for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know the quarterback situation there has not been great. Uh, they've got a bunch of injuries, but four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown against Cleveland last week. Schedule's pretty soft coming up. Wouldn't be surprising if the Jaguars give him more work uh, over the next month of the season. And then Ido Smith, the running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Who knows how long Todd Gurley is going to be out. Maybe the Falcons won't rush him back. Uh, but I thought Edo Smith looked good in, you know, some limited action uh, last week. You know, he had 12 carries for 65 yards and a score. He also caught four passes in that game, probably in fringe RB2, maybe more of a flex play going forward. But considering all the injuries at the running back position, not a bad guy to pick up and stash on your uh, on your benches for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, I wonder uh, with with. Jacksonville, especially in Colin Johnson, like the situation that they're in 
with, you know, they don't have a GM, but they told Doug Marone and the mm. whole staff that those guys are going to stick around. So now that staff is going to be really in evaluation mode. Exactly. And I feel like that's exactly the time to get Colin Johnson uh, a few more, a few more targets, get a good look at him because now when a new GM comes in, you know, you're probably going to want to have all those reports. You're going to want to know what guys you, you, you want to cape for. It's a great point. Yeah. And next week they play the Minnesota Vikings and Luke, I don't know if you're familiar with the Vikings or not, but uh, <laughs> those quarterbacks aren't great over there. Are they? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus, thank you so much for hanging out here on the Fantasy Forum on Tuesday on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Yeah, thanks, guys. As for us, I'm Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. I'm here with Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.